Welcome to the Highway to Well. Today we're talking with John Woolley, creator of Make Wads Great Again. John has ushered in a sense of humor, a taste for satire, and a creative impulse into the CrossFit community. He's an advocate for the value CrossFit can play in personal health and wellness journeys, the role it has in building social connections, and most importantly, the opportunities it provides us to laugh at ourselves. You can check out his website at Make Wads Great Again. Without further ado, let's get on the highway to well. Here we are on the highway to well with John Woolley, who has become quite a wonderful and insightful person in the world of CrossFit. I have a little special introduction I prepared for him. My name is Derek, and I'm a mid-30s former endurance athlete turned CrossFit addict. Smokes the runs, but can't squat for shit. I never take a rest day. I wear a calf compression to protect my shins on box jumps, and I love European techno. And I wear t-shirts and shorts that are way too small. Actually, there's only probably 72% of that that is true about me, so I'll let you decide what that might be. But I want to I want to chat with you. I've been excited to talk to you because you've been a part of a, my life here as a person that's fallen in love with CrossFit for the greater part of over a year and among my community of friends that every day we're checking to see what you might what you might say. I think there was a post last week that uh, a meme that you had posted asking if someone wanted to do a wad, they responded, it's a rest day. Then you respond, it's gonna be reckless, really difficult and borderline dangerous. And then you say, you SOB, I'm in. And I feel like that's about, almost about three or four days of my week kind of go through that process where I'm just not sure if I should be doing this or not. At my, um, at my progressing age, I definitely have a different idea about my own mortality. And uh, that's, uh, that's where I am with my own fitness. But for you, you know, you, you've definitely made an impact with your memes and posts, whether that's um, making fun of Matt Frazier and his relationship to Baby Yoda or pasty Canadians. Pat Vellner has become a common person that I see you post about. But also, you speak what I feel like is the truth about the life that we lead in this area of, of our physical um, physical ability, well-being, and endurance, and challenging things that we've dove into in CrossFit, and you bring the lightheartedness to that CrossFit arena. But what I also love about what you're doing is you're championing transformation and change. And so, in between the humor, you'll find that there's a lot of posts about people who are doing things for for what I would say are right reasons. They're inspired by somebody who's passed or has gone through something tragic. You you get involved in helping raise funds. For those that have have had something tragic happen to them, and you know, those are all part of this big world that you've created here through your your Make Watts Great Again and Make Pots Great Again podcasting. And so, for for what that journey has become, you know, one of the things that I definitely want to dive in and give you a chance to talk about is our what we are. Uh, I guess you could say it like this: that yes. We understand the satire and making fun of ourselves and making fun of CrossFit, but I think you have a strong sense of what the challenges are and what 
what the perception might be of others who are just coming into this community. And you have a way through your humor of making it a comfortable place for people. And that is a, an incredibly significant and important part of this whole process that I definitely don't want to lose sight of. But, so I want you to talk to me about your story. How did you find CrossFit? What did it mean to you? How did you stay involved? I know you've written a, bit, a little bit about this on your blog, but I'd love to hear your first person account. And then also, when did you decide or how did you figure out that you have this space, this creative space for humor and satire that was missing in the field? Oh, that's a lot. Um, well, so I, I guess I'll start how I got into CrossFit. I got drug in. Uh, like I think most people, uh, Greg Glassman actually told me this once, and I completely agreed with him that most people find CrossFit by getting drugged to CrossFit. Like people think they find CrossFit by watching the games and, and seeing these athletes do you know, extraordinary things, which they do. Uh, and I'm sure some people find it that way. Uh, but I think most people find it uh, through relationships, friends, um, you know, or just from, you know, maybe they're in a place where they want to get in shape and it's kind of the closest thing available to them. I got drugged there. Uh, I was uh, uh, coaching soccer, my daughter's soccer team. And I use the term coaching loosely because I wasn't very, <laughs> she, she was a little, she was like five at the time. And it was a little girl soccer team. And, uh, he came to me, he's like, Hey, we've got this new gym that we're starting and, uh, it's called CrossFit. It's like P90X, but on steroids, which in hindsight was a really, um, kind of ironic phrase, I guess, not to think of it, but, um, <laughs> yeah. but I'm like, uh, I'm like, well, how hard can it be? He's like, Oh, it's way harder than P90X. Well, I'd been doing P90X for probably six months and I thought it was the hardest thing on the planet. I honestly thought I was at the, the peak of physical fitness at this point in my life after, you know, following Tony Horton around for a few months. So I'm like, all right, I'll go do it. So I get drug into this gym that him and a buddy had just opened and um, just literally got destroyed, got my ass kicked from end to end. And um, I, I just, I couldn't not go back. <laughs> I had to go back. Like I'd never been beaten by anything like that in my entire life. And uh, yeah, so it was, um, it was bizarre to me. And I was, you know, looking back on it, I was grossly out of shape, like incredibly out of shape. <laughs> to where I am now, but um, you know, it's the best choice I've ever made. I've been doing it for nine years now. Yeah, and that I think one of the things that I love about this this arena that we find ourselves in. You and I are in this scaled masters category of aging people who still have a deep desire for adventure and excitement, but also at whatever degree, fitness was also an incredibly relevant. Thing and we either have lost it and the stories that I share and, and talk about with other people, especially people that are in their 40s and that are doing this, we all were, we had some sense of athleticism and in a way this has helped us discover or peak at, at a different athletic level. I know for, for me, when I started thinking about CrossFit, I was, it was uh, still, it was beyond new, but um, there were some things about it that I liked. I understood the science behind interval training and a lot of the Olympic lifting and the mixing of different movements and especially functional movement. I had gotten into working in a, in a capacity with a functional movement screen. So there was all the science kind of coming together. But for me as an athlete, I'd grown up as a soccer player and runner and then was a soccer coach and continued to run. And I got to the point where running was my core activity. And then I really discovered during the middle of a race that I hated running. I, I was in the middle of a 50K. I had done a 50K before, 
I kind of cheated my training thinking I'd just be able to get through it. And I thought I was athletic enough, strong enough, fit enough, mentally fit enough that I would just figure it out. And the race destroyed me. And about halfway in, I decided I was just going to turn my card in and then go get dinner with my friend that was crewing with me. I did the math. I could get home by the time my kids were about to, about the time they were going to bed. So it'd be fun to get back home and then be, be with them. But as I'm driving home, I felt miserable about myself as, as an athlete. I felt lost. And that is a really hard place for anyone to be. Once you start feeling lost about something that's central to you, <clears throat> kind of your core value, it's really hard to find. So my wife had been badgering me about going down and looking at this CrossFit gym that had opened up down the street. This, this box had just been open for a couple months. And, and I called the, the guy that runs it told me to come in and meet with him, came in, and he's an ex-hockey player, long hair, much bigger and taller than me. I'm, I'm 5'6", 160, and he was a much bigger guy, and he just got terribly excited about the fact that here was this ex-soccer player runner looking for a little bit of help. I could see his energy, and I thought I needed, I kind of needed him in my life, not even understanding what CrossFit was really going to mean. And then once I started going to workouts, that it just became this addiction of, of, of like, you know, like you, like you've discovered it, it's wonderfully addicting. The challenge is great, but it also humbles you, but then you feel good about those peaks when you get to these um, milestones that you haven't reached before. And like you, I, I really thought I was a strong, really good athlete. And then I discovered as I was running and then as I started doing these CrossFit workouts, I wasn't very athletic at all. I had some things that I could do okay, but in no way was I a strong athlete. And then over the past five years, I discovered a different athlete in me and going through and doing some of the comps and the online comps and like the open and watching this as an industry and as a participant in this industry has been really a significant piece in, in my own development. But then I just recently discovered what it has actually you know, you think I feel good about a lot of things, but I test, I wanted to test myself again. So I signed up for a marathon, which I hadn't run that distance in over five years and went into the marathon without doing a lot of distance running and CrossFit being my core training. And I was so pleasantly surprised. And usually around miles 20, 21, I'd always bonked and hit a wall and then had to figure the rest of the race out. But this time I just slid right through those miles, 20 and 21 happy and thinking, you know, this is painful, but everything's going to be okay. This is not, you know, a, a hundred wall ball and, you know, workout with seven burpees every minute on the minute. So I can just keep moving forward and get through it. And it was such a tremendous experience. And I think that's what, you know, obviously, we're, you know, we're, we're like-minded and we know that people discover that here, but then I want to take it back to this creative place that you found too. And so you're, you are the voice of all of us, I think. And in a safe way, I know you're the voice of, of all the friends that we share your memes and posts daily because you're saying the things that we're thinking, whether it's how awful this is, but yet wonderful, or um, just finding a sense of humor in how many times we have to spank a, spank a bar into our crease looking for that perfect hold those are all the things that we look at and deal with. And you've brought that, that to this arena. But again, I want to, I want to ask you, like, how did you, 
how did you know that there was there was some traction here that you would be able to help people laugh a lot about this wonderful experience? Oh, I didn't. I had no idea. Um, <laughs> I mean, I stumbled into the page. The whole thing's just a fluke that it took off like it did. But you know, I've I've kind of in the mindset since I've been running the page that if it happens to me, it happens to everybody. Like I know I'm not a snowflake. There's nothing special about me. I'm a very average athlete. Um, you know, I've I've I work out five days a week and I've been doing it for nine years. So, you know, I'm, I'm a banker by trade. I do the math. It's a lot of workouts. So I figure, you know, if that dumb stuff's happened to me when I'm in there, it's happening to everybody and it has to be. And, um, so I don't know. I just, I, I try to keep that in the forefront of my mind when I'm creating content that, you know, I want to create things that are relatable to other people. And I've always had a kind of a sense of humor or felt that, if you can take something to its most absurd place, take it to like the, the farthest extreme you can, then it's funnier. And so I, you know, and that, I think that's why it meshes well with CrossFit because CrossFit at its core is probably absurd and to its most extreme. I mean, you think about some of these workouts we do. I was looking at one today, it was Kalzu, which I've done before, which is a hundred thrusters <laughs> at 135, and, but you do five burpees. Uh, at the top of every minute, I think it's five. It might be three, but it's a. It's still it's a ton of burpees and a ton mm -hmm. of thrusters. It's just ridiculous. Like you think about it, you're like, oh my god! It's like just a ridiculous workout in any capacity. But you know, somebody puts it on the whiteboard, and we just all go in and just drink the Kool Aid. You know, just <laughs> no problem, coach. Let's do it. You know, and uh, so I've just I've kind of always, um, you know, subscribed to that theory that you know if it's absurd, it's probably funny. Um, you know, and then I, I look for uh, inspiration in the gym when I'm there. That's why I like to spend a lot of time at the gym. I get my best ideas watching other people do things. Mm -hmm. And that's when where I really start to figure out where it's relatable. It's just listening to people talk. I'm, I'm just kind of, um, I'm just very observant, I guess. Maybe it's the best way to put it. Just seeing what other people do and say and what they're scared of and what they like and what they dislike. And, you know, so a good example is the salt bike. Like everybody hates the salt bike. I've, <laughs> you know... Occasionally, people will come into the comments and go, I don't know what the big deal with the assault bike. I love the assault bike. Well, I've been doing this for nine years, and the assault bike's been big for like the last five. Mm -hmm. I've never, and I mean never, seen someone in a workout go, that was awesome. The assault bike was fantastic. I've never felt so good. Like, you never hear that. No. It's just a horrible moment. It's, it's, a, it's a, an amazing implement to get in shape. It's a horrible moment every time you do it. And so it's, a, it's easy to make fun of, you know, and so... That's really all I try to do. Um, and I don't know. And then beyond that, like I, I try to give enough variety that I can, you know, hit enough people because, you know, comedy, which I don't, I'm not a comedian by any stretch of imagination, but doing things to make people laugh is really subjective to opinion. And so I try to do enough um, variety in the content that I can get to almost everybody. Yeah. Well, I was thinking about your, your comments on the assault bike today as we were doing a, the workout that we did earlier today was a hundred calorie ski, a hundred calorie bike, and then a hundred calorie row. And somehow we're supposed to survive that and try to hit a time goal, which becomes ridiculous. And, and for me being five foot six, the assault bike is in, is the worst place for me to be for a long period of time. Not able to get as, my legs, my little legs moving enough to keep up with some of the taller people around. But I think I spent twice as much time on the bike today as I did on the ski in the row, but you make it through walk into these theaters of pain. And <clears throat> then you start realizing that the one thing that 
that I do think that along with the, the satire and the humor, there is a humanist that I'm not sure to where, and I'm newer to the field in that way, in the CrossFit field, that I wasn't sure that that necessarily existed before, um, you know, you opened up, you're one of those, you're one of those people that opened up this gateway to this humanist that was sometimes missing. And, and that's been, that has been one of the most comforting things that I think people can find in that you're saying things that they're sharing with their friends and when they were all in this together. And, and at the end of the day, that is a core concept to us developing well lives for us to be on the pathway to wellness it involves how can we interact with other people and not feel isolated and alone and that comes from being in places like a crossfit box where you're surrounded by other people that are in varying degrees of talent and ability and everyone's doing more or less the same workout with different modifications or scaled but we're all kind of marching towards that same goal but then you also have these moments of of suffering and that's where your comments about this come and ring true and help people remember that, yes, like you said, it, it, this is a lot of times absurd. And it's crazy that we're here doing this and choosing to do it five, six, seven times a week, um, whatever, whatever people's schedules are, but that it also <clears throat> gives people, there, there's a humanist that I, I'm not sure existed that CrossFit was seen as a, as a crazy um, sport people in California showing up to do this event every summer. Then there was the online competition. And then you started seeing all the, you know, obviously all the sanctionals now sanctionals that are pop, that are popping up in other events. And, and, and now too, even in our gyms across here in Wisconsin and in our region here, you see that for the most part, the people that are coming are, are really are people who are advocating for themselves to live a better life. And, they aren't top athletes, but they want to do something that forces them out of their comfort zone and then try to um, do something special in their own way, whether that's being an example sometimes for their kids, just getting fitter to do something, get, get in better shape, lose some weight. There's all these different goals, but it's, a, it's been a strong, it's been really wonderful to see. And, and then I think when, you, when, when people start seeing the things that you're doing, it reminds them to stop and just laugh a little about this. It doesn't have to be as serious as it may have seemed. It's not a bunch of crazy, it's not a cult with people with tall socks grabbing ropes and jumping over boxes, but it's, it's a place where we can all experiment um, in our own human way and be social and try to work together better, which has been really wonderful to see. But for you, as, so I wanna ask you too, as a fan of the sport now too, and, and you've competed and and you are in touch with a lot of those athletes that are that are pushing the sport to another they're saying like another level but what what is it that you think and you know you've spoken to with glassman and some others too that that's the next the next wave of of what crossfit can do and, and what what do you see as something that could be a role that you're going to play in that um my role in it is with the people. Like I, I love the athletes are great people, but I bluntly could care less about the games or the sport. Mm -hmm. I, first of all, CrossFit's not a sport as fast as exercising. Um, there's no money in it. Like, you know, the, mm -hmm. I was just talking to somebody about this today. I was flipping to the, the TV 
uh, on Sunday. The Browns were coming on, and so I needed to feel sad. And, <laughs> uh, and so I, I flipped over, and there was a pro bass fishing show on. And now my dad was a bass fisherman uh, growing up and still <clears> fishes some. And so I just left it on waiting for the football game to start, and it was the – I don't, I don't even remember the name of the, the tournament, but it was like the Pro Bass Fishing Association. Well, they go, the first prize for this tournament is $700,000. I'm like, and so I, you know, I'm a banker, so I'm like, holy crap. I mean, let me Google and see what the earnings of these guys are. So I Googled, you know, Pro Bass Fishing Association, top 100 earners, and it gave me a list. And the guy in 100th, dead last, earned almost $500,000 last year. Well, that's more, that's more than anyone but Frazier. Yeah. So I'm immediately like, all right, well, there's proof this isn't really a sport because there's no money in it. For one. <laughs> um, but to answer your question, I think that, you know, kind of a, where I am with CrossFit and where I think the future of CrossFit isn't in the games, although the games will always be around and they'll be fun to watch and athletes are a total blast and great people. I think the future of CrossFit is in the boxes. That's, mm-hmm. you know, nobody comes into their gym no one's going to walk into the gym tomorrow and go hey did you guys see that snatch that Frazier put up last night nobody does that they come in the next day and they go hey hey buddy do you see my wide time from yesterday I beat you by two minutes that's what (laughs) that's what they do they compare themselves to each other no one compares themselves to Frazier and Belner and and all these great I mean they're great again they're great people but you know, the, the beauty of CrossFit is what goes on day to day in the gym. It's when somebody comes in and they lose a hundred pounds in a year mm-hmm. or where they cure some, you know, chronic disease like type two diabetes or, you know, bluntly like myself, like I struggle with uh, depression and anxiety and that one hour a day in the gym clears my mind and, and takes it away and it gives me focus. And, and the three or four hours after that, where I'm still gasping for breath and coughing and like trying to recover you know, my body is in fight or flight mode. It's not thinking about whether I'm depressed or anxious. It's trying to get my life back together and trying to not die. And, you know, I think that's where CrossFit is. Um, And then you couple that with, you know, just how tight knit the community is. Um, It's really kind of unbeatable. And so for me, like, I want to be in the middle of that. I want to, I want to help the community with, um, you know, first and foremost, you know, bringing some laughter in their lives. Like, you know, nothing makes me uh, happier than when someone reaches out to me and says, Hey, I go to your page every day. And it makes me laugh. Or when I'm having a bad day, I go to your page. Like those are the things that really keep me going and make me want to do it. And, you know, the kind of the byproduct of that is, is when things happen within the community, I can, I can be a voice for change. I can be a voice to help you know, others, if they have financial issues or, you know, like recently we've had a couple just in the last week, you know, a young man um, passed away, a games athlete actually died. And, um, Mm -hmm. you know, so I've been helping raise money for his family to help pay the medical expenses. We've raised almost like 26 grand for them, you know, Mm -hmm. and, and I don't want credit for that. Like for me, it's more about, you know, there's, there's a real person on the other side of that uh, Instagram page on the other side of that GoFundMe account that's hurting and they're part of our community. These are the people that we suffer with day in and day out doing the workouts. And, um, you know, it, CrossFit is, you know, I believe it saved my life. And so I feel like I owe it to the community and to others to, to jump in and help where I can. Um, you know, I can't do it all. And I don't certainly don't take on every cause that's presented to me, but I certainly take on the ones I feel are important. And then I support, you know, 
two or three other charitable causes through the page. Um, mostly because I never expected to have this forum. And, you know, so I figure if I've got it, I might as well use it and see if I can, can help some people with it. And so for me, that's, that's really where I see the future of it and what I want to do. And, and in all of that, I'm going to continue to, you know, make a lot of stupid jokes and make fun of some people and, and uh, a bunch of other stuff. So that's kind of it. Yeah. And I think you, you're touching on a couple really key points that, I have, I, and I've been working on some of these in different capacities. And I think I mentioned to you, I'm, I'm, I'm a high school soccer coach. I've been, do, I've been a head coach here in our community for over 10 years and I've coached at the college level. And over that time, for me, I kept seeing, um, and I'm also a health and wellness professional, so I'm, I'm in the community of healthcare and, and health and wellness. And I kept seeing a lot of high schools that were gravitating, and, and I'm sure you see it too, that about every high school and high school community has a pink game for raising cancer awareness and raising money for cancer objectives in their communities. And I think that's really wonderful. And, and, and definitely is something that has helped a lot of people in, in need. One thing that I noticed was lacking and really in here in my, in my world in central Wisconsin was any attention being paid to mental health. And I mean, and really nothing paid it, it, at the high school level in the community setting, there really wasn't much that was paying attention to mental health. And like you and I have a, a common thread here that CrossFit has helped us work through some, some mental health related issues, you know, for feeling depression, anxiety, and that time that we have in the gym is special for us for the physical benefit, but by far the mental benefit of it outweighs the physical part of it. And so in my, with my soccer community here, we started doing a kicking the stigma event. And um, that has helped us start to embark on helping our underfunded resources in our community get a little extra money and our players are paying attention to it. And by that extension, the CrossFit community has been a place where that piece is such a critical component of it. And I would love to see more boxes doing events that are are really tied to mental health. Sometimes it's it's there and obviously some of the issues that some of the athletes face and then we end up talking about their hero wads and and they become historically part of the process that we all go through and working out and recognizing that you know mental health is oftentimes in in those pieces but I, I would think too like it is such a rich place to bring people together in a way that you feel like you're part of helping others and you're working out along that way. So you feel um, somewhat compelled and you feel special, you feel good about what you're doing. And that is one thing that there isn't, as much as there are other gyms that can kind of do that or YMCA's that put on runs, there isn't a place where working out is, as I guess you could say, as good as CrossFit has been doing in boxes that do events do such a good job of getting a bunch of people to come and work out. And for some people that may be the only time they're really doing this all year, but they're coming for causes and doing things that are um, helpful in raising awareness for some critical issues and, and mental health being something that I would love to see us continue to push any time, any chance we can to have that conversation, I think is, is such a significant one. 
I agree with that. I think that uh, mental health is a hard one for people to talk about because mm -hmm. you know there's there's definitely the stigma. I mean, it's your word of, you know, are you people crazy? Which I am, for whatever that's worth. Uh, or at least most people think I'm crazy. Um, you know, so there's a lot of, I don't know. Uh, you know, it's not as uh, I hate to use this word, but it's not as as attractive for an affiliate than than say you know when you have someone that's battling cancer because CrossFit is such a um, <clears throat> it's such a thing that you battle at, you know, I think people gravitate toward the things that are really, really hard and people don't view depression in the same manner. Like people just think, okay, well, you know, you wouldn't got a better job. You're making more money. You're probably over your depression now. You know, <laughs> you know, they don't have any idea. Like even now, like, you know, I think people would look at how my page has grown and go, oh, you must be really, really happy about how it's grown. And you know, I have days where I'm like, eh, you know, it's just, it's the way depression works. Like mm -hmm. it doesn't matter what you have. It's not about that. And, so I think people have a hard time talking about it and, you know, others have a hard time understanding it. Um, I do think it should come up more. And I think, you know, I think CrossFit is a great, uh, I, well, I don't think it's the total healer. I think it certainly helps. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I was explaining this to someone uh, earlier this week. Uh, I used the term earlier, but during CrossFit, your body goes into fight or flight mode. You know, it's mm -hmm. so difficult and so incredibly aggressive and hard on your body typically that you don't have time to be anything other than trying to survive. You don't have time to be depressed. You don't have time to have ADD. Like your body is, it's kind of like being chased by a bear. Like you're not gonna be chased by a bear and go, oh man, I feel so bad about my day. No, you're gonna be running your ass off and trying to not get eaten by the bear. And that's what CrossFit's like. And then you've got about three hours after that where your body's still recovering from it because it was mm -hmm. so hard. You've got, you know, Fran cough and your knees hurt and you're probably soaking in a salt bath with a bottle of wine and like you're just like just trying to keep it together and maybe that's just me i don't know <laughs> that's probably just me but um but i think that's the way it works and you know so i do think it's a it's a huge help for people that have uh mental health issues and you know, i'm not a doctor i've never pretended to be well i shouldn't say i've never pretended to be one but i'm not a doctor <laughs> And uh, so, you know, so I tell people that, you know, you should still, you know, see a therapist and, and look at, you know, get treated by a doctor. But I do think CrossFit is a great supplementation to uh, dealing with mental health issues. And I also think just, you know, again, I'm not a doctor, but for me, it's challenged me to do things um, that I wouldn't have done otherwise, forcing you to address a problem. And I, all, And oftentimes I think people with mental health issues struggle with that. Like they just, you know, you, you don't want to, you know, particularly depression, it gets you in a place where you're like, screw it. I'm just not going to do anything. Well, mm -hmm. CrossFit doesn't allow that. Like you have to learn to do the stuff that's in there. Otherwise you're, you could get hurt or you're just not able to do what everybody else is doing. And that's even worse. And so it, it forces kind of that problem solving mechanism that oftentimes I think people need. Um, you know, I mean, these are just, you know, uh, just a few reasons of why I just absolutely adore CrossFit. Um, but for me, I like, this is exactly what it's done for me and how it's, it's helped me push through some of it. And bluntly, like through some of the darkest times of my life, it got me through a divorce. It's got me through breakups. It's, you know, um, got me through so many different things, you know, bad times at work or whatever, because I have somewhere to go where I've got, you know, kind of a family that I can hang out with and talk to and suffer with, you know, and, and, uh, you know, go home and obsess about, you know, instead of obsessing about work, I'm obsessing about my friend time <laughs> or, uh, or whatever else I, you know, I think you just have to be careful to not let it become 
the thing you're depressed or anxious about. And if you can do that, um, it can be a really safe space. Yeah, I, I love that you bring up the fighter, the fight or flight mentality and, and the, you know, the, the human physiology, um, the endorphin release that helps you get through those. There's a couple things in there that, that I'd love to talk about as, as CrossFit and part of the, a wellness pathway to, for people. And it's hard to really describe until you, you get into the box and you start going through some of the workouts. And it is completely that mentality. You, your your uh, coach comes up and says, you got two minutes and you're looking at this board, like how am I going to get through? Like, I gotta start mentally breaking this down if I'm gonna survive today. I can't even do half the movements all that well. One of them, I was definitely gonna kill me possibly, but it's that there's a couple things that are going on there in that fight or flight mentality that help us and give us the skill sets. And, and again, I think when I, when I start talking about mental health too, I didn't wanna just talk about clinical issues. You know, Like you said, I'm not a doctor either, I'm a wellness professional and health educator, but I'm not a psychologist, but so I don't want to dive into necessarily just outright saying that this is an intervention for clinical depression. However, there are a lot of mental health-like symptoms and or there are um, those that are, you know, depression and anxiety that are helped by going through these activities, you know, and we look at it as not a solution, but as part of the, as the intervention, um, the different complexities of interventions that can help someone. And so I want to make sure I make a note of that. But in that fight or flight stage, what you were looking at is the two, two of the most critical things in any kind of behavior change process, and that's self-efficacy and problem solving. You know, and so do I have a solution to get through this 15-minute AMRAP? How am I going to do it? You start processing the way to do it. But also for something like this, a lot of these movements whether or not we did them as high school athletes or college athletes, the combination of all of them together and, and a lot of them that are new or progressing or even the thought of a thruster, those are all skill sets that we have to learn and that self-efficacy becomes that confidence builder for us to handle other problems that we're going to see once we leave the box. And those have been really essential pieces and it's hard to find those. So when I'm speaking with people at a steel mill about how do you change your life, now, it's difficult to have a conversation about where can you build efficacy? Where can you build your self-efficacy to help you change your life? You know, I can tell you to eat better. I can tell you to maybe not watch as much TV and do a little bit of exercising. But, but this, this type of, this type of um, workout method and strategy has built in some of these mechanisms that are really critical for people to see change. And I think that's what really... <clears throat> why people gravitate to it and then become addicted to it. And, like, and, and I think you bring up another good point is to make sure that we have levity and we have, we're grounded in ourselves so that we don't end up thinking that we're all, we're all in and CrossFit and this is the solution to all of our problems in our lives, because that's just not going to be the case either. Well, you will though. I mean, everyone does like in the first year, that's kind of the bread and butter of the page, to be honest, <laughs> is that that first, uh, the first year to two years uh, is the most cult-like opportunity for CrossFitters. It's when they buy all the shoes, they buy all the gear, 
they're learning all the movements they're learning all the athletes names like they're totally bought in they're not injured yet so <laughs> you know they don't they don't have that random sh shoulder injury that we all have um you know and so they're all like total cult like and it's really really easy in that first two year period to go all in and then to find yourself getting depressed when you're not advancing as quick as your peers or you know you're missing lifts or you get hurt or whatever and um it took me a while to figure that out that you know that i was more important than the wad mm -hmm. you know that that it you know i wasn't defined by what my workout time was i have moments now i actually frustrate my coaches because i frustrated saxon the other day we finished a wad and and he's like, hey, what was your time? Because he writes them on the whiteboard. I'm like, I don't know. He's like, what do you mean you don't know? I'm like, I don't know. I didn't look. He's like, what well, do you think? You were about 10 and a half minutes. I'm like, maybe. I don't know. I wasn't looking. Like, you know, I, I beat that guy. What was his time? You know, like I've kind of gotten to the point now where it's not even as important to me to, you know, put up this amazing time. I, mm -hmm. I do look at the clock and I measure a lot of stuff and I still get kind of crazy about, you know, uh, some of that stuff, but you know, I think you have to pull back from it and realize that at the end of the day, it's just a workout. It's fast exercise. You're just trying to get fit and look good naked. That's the kind of the <laughs> ultimate goal. And and in between all that, you want to have some fun with your buddies. Like that's kind of it. And if you can really break it down to that point, it can be super effective to you know help you you know kind of treat your personal issues and and have a good time. If you take it too seriously, like anything else in life, it'll drive you crazy. Yeah. Well, and there's, you know, looking at, you know, some of the things maybe that, um, you know, Glassman has brought up too, and the, there's a lot of argument over science. And then recently there was a lawsuit that, it, that it finally got fleshed out regarding um, the cause for injury and some issues that were, are talked about, you know, when I talk to people that are doing long distance running or, have done their own workouts in a gym. Sometimes you get you get that resistance to even listening to what CrossFit's about because of some perception or the idea that it's for people that want to bulk up or I'm going to get hurt. And so that's that's a whole nother area that that I hope we all continue to dismantle in our own way to help <coughs> show how democratic and how useful CrossFit is for anyone that is um, through any modification or different scaling mechanism can, can really do. And I love also the push towards those with any kind of disability or, or need modifications in order to um, be part of this family of, of people that are doing this together. Um, that's always wonderful to see and inspiring to see too. Um, one of the advantages of social media is we get we can share those moments and, and see that happening. Um, but then there's also the whole science behind um, a lot of what that, um, when we talk about issue, you know, people have cholesterol issues or blood pressure issues, to what degree does CrossFit act as an intervention and a pathway to wellness for them too? And so there's this broad set of things that are going on, but, um, and, and I don't like to get lost in those because I think the one thing that, you know, you, you, you talked about it too, is ultimately this is about our experience. And, and like you said, after that first year for you, then you started taking, it's kind of like you take ownership of what you want your experience to be. Like you, you did, you went through the rites of passage 
you prove that you can do all this stuff. So now, like, what do I want to get out of it? I think that that we all go through that, you know, in those in that early phase too. But for people to be in it long enough to see the benefit, but also to be in it long enough for to get to a place like you have where you kind of take ownership. And I'm not too concerned about hitting that 10 minute mark or I don't remember what I finished in. I'm done. I feel good about it. I I have to now go clean up and go to work and get back to my life. And this hour I just had was just amazing for me. You know, and it's, so I think that those, those seem to be, there's, there's still some those competing stereotypes or issues that we're talking about, but I, I keep wanting to bring it back to the center and that's the people that this is really what matters the most in this experience. Yeah. People try to make CrossFit stuff that it isn't. I hear that injury thing all the time still, even though CrossFit won that lawsuit. Mm. Um, you know, I, I tell everyone, if you're CrossFit, you're going to get injured. Just sign up for it. Now you're going to get injured. By the way, if you're going to, if you walk to your car every day to go drive somewhere, you're going to get injured. It doesn't matter what you do in life. You're going to get injured. Like I was in the gym the other day, we were doing back squats and I was going moderately heavy. I, I kind of, these days I scale a lot and, but when I'm doing strict lifting, I like to go heavy or heavy for me um, and, and build what I call old man strength. <laughs> so I, uh, I was changing the weights and I dropped a clip on the ground and I bent over to pick up the clip and I pulled something bending over to pick up a clip. <laughs> you know, I had like 275 on the bar, had squatted it for five, no problem. Bent over uh -huh. to pick up the clip, pulled something. Oh I'm, my 40, gosh. I'm 49 years old. That's what happens. Like, that's not CrossFit's fault. It's because I'm 49 years old and you know, I don't care what you do and what kind of exercise you go to planet fitness, you're going to get injured. Like mm -hmm. if you sit around at your house and you drink a bottle of wine every night, which I you know, fully support, you're going to get injured at some <laughs> point. Like it's just going to happen. So you can't, you, know, you can't live your life in fear that something's going to happen. And the beauty of CrossFit is that you can scale it anyway. Like, you know, I, you mentioned the adaptive group, um, you know, I've been working with them recently. They're actually going to start having kind of a permanent space with my podcast. And, okay. you know, these guys are doing amazing work. And, you know, you're talking, um, you know, talk about having, it's not even scaling. Like what they're doing is completely different. You know, but this is a group of people that they're having to overcome and adapt to, to real issues like missing hands and arms and legs and, uh, you know, and, you know, some of them are paralyzed and, you know, I was talking to the guy that's in charge, you know, he's one of the heads of um, this adaptive group. And we were talking about him doing rope climbs. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, I suck at rope climbs and you're doing them in a wheelchair. Like, go screw yourself, pal. Like, uh -huh. I don't even want to hear about this positively. You know, you're so, you're so much better <laughs> than me, you know? And uh, so I'm not even inspired by them anymore. I'm just annoyed because they're so fit, you know? Uh -huh. Um but that's the beauty of CrossFit. Like, you know, you learn stuff every time you talk to them you, you, and you really learn what the human body's capable of. So, you know, I sit around and think, all right, I'm 49. I've got all these obstacles, you know, I'm old, I'm getting slower, I'm not as strong as maybe as I want to be. And then I talked to Stouty who owns his own gym and, and, uh, does some programming for Wadapalooza. And he's like, yeah, I was doing this wide with rope climbs. And I'm like, were you in or out of your chair? He's like, oh, I was in the chair. I'm like, oh, here I am complaining about how much slower I'm getting. This guy's doing rope, you know, literally legless rope climbs in a wheelchair. So he's pulling a hundred pound chair underneath him. You know, <laughs> you know, it just really puts life into perspective. This is kind of the point, you know, mm -hmm. and that's the one, you know, again, one of the billion things I love about, about CrossFit in general, just teaches you stuff every day. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it is, uh, 
when here in my community too, it, I get to work out with my high school athletes on a, in, during our off season, a lot of them have started coming to the CrossFit gym. I'm an advocate for it. And, and a lot of the kids that play sports at the high school level here, they started coming to it. And I'm jealous that they got to do this when they were high school athletes. When I was a high school athlete, it was, you go run around the gym a few times and then you go right into soccer practice and it's pretty much it. There wasn't, a, there wasn't any conceptual need for strength and conditioning to this degree. So um, it's been really wonderful to see, but I had it uh, after our season this fall and one of my parents came up to me and they talked about how incredible of an experience it is for their young, for their young, you know, student athlete here for their son to get the chance to work out with their coach. And by all means, like he's now a couple of them have developed the skills and, and they already had the cardio ability to destroy me in most of the workouts. And so now that it's kind of like why the evolution of them as athletes is so amazing for me to see as a coach, but it's just fun having that experience, you know? So, and my wife and I go, and then obviously like, you know, we talk about all the friendships and different things that develop, but it also, I love that it can model that behavior too. And it can help others see that, you know, we're not super athletes. We're not, we're not specimens, but we go in and, and we do it. And we come out happy. And then that bleeds on to other people and it helps them with, you know, whatever that either they're getting through or helps them join and want to share that experience too. So um, it's, yeah, I think that's another thing too, is all of us become exporters of, of that. And sometimes that can be annoying to others in our continual discussions about how great our workouts are, how fun, you know, can obviously be annoying as well. But at the same time, I do think that you find that people are searching for something that takes them kind of out of their out of that comfort zone gives them something that they can do and also gives them a place where they can spend some time around other people that are interesting and talk to them about their perspectives on life which is something i've enjoyed now after being there for a few years and, and the friendships that have, that i've developed at the at the box and then we find out that we have either shared creative interest and have these other projects that we're starting to do out of just coming and working out together, which doesn't really happen in a lot of other types of workout environments. Well, that's the interesting thing about CrossFit. I, I've said this for a while now that we're, we're more alike than we're not, mm -hmm. you know, and I think that's the thing you really find when you start working out with people on a regular basis. Like you'll, you start to realize, oh, that person's a Democrat or that person's a Republican or they're a libertarian or they're a Christian or Jew or Muslim or whatever. And they're laying on the ground next to you dying after the workout. It doesn't matter what you are you're going to lay there and die when this workout's over. Right. And, <laughs> and so I, I think that's, um, you know, the one thing that I've loved is it does bring people of all, you know, racist creeds, national origin, whatever together, you know, without any prejudgment, you're just another CrossFitter. You know, it's, it's kind of like going to church in that regard. You know, you, you build this common community and you have a common goal, common interests. And, and I think people do get annoyed by hearing us always talk mm -hmm. about it. But that, you know, that's part of what I love about it. You know, I get to talk about CrossFit all the time <laughs> and drive people crazy, you know? Um, yeah. We're all so apostles. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I got, I wanted, so I wanted to ask you and here as we, as we're getting closer here to, to our little hour of hour of power here, but um, how are the Cleveland Browns going to end the season? 
I hope they lose every game. I swear <laughs> to God, I'm I am so done with the Browns. So done. Uh, What's just, happened this year? Oh, they're there's just the browniest season ever. Just it was such a Browns way to perform. You know, they've got they have all the talent and just can't put it together. Um, you know, it's, it's been really frustrating. I you know I'm kind of done. And I was telling I'm not a fair weather fan in most cases, but in this case, I'm done until they make the playoffs. And here's why. Like I followed them since they came back to town. I've been here since 95 or 96. And they, you know, they came back a few years after mm-hmm. that. So I've literally followed them every season since they've been back. And it didn't matter, you know, the season they were 0-16 or, you know, the one time they made the playoffs. And, you know, this is the first time that they've really come forward and said, all right, we're going to spend some money and put a good product on the field. And it's still a crappy product. And there's not another <laughs> – there's not another crappy product on the planet that you would continue to buy year after year after year after year until you finally said, screw it, I'm going to get something else. If you bought, you know, Reebok Nanos every year and the soles kept coming out, you'd quit buying Reebok Nanos at some point until they got it fixed. Yeah. It doesn't matter how loyal you are. So in my mind, they got to get it fixed. Like, I, you know, if they're on and I got nothing to do, I'll watch them. I'm not buying a ticket to a game. I'm not buying a jersey. I'm not spending any money on those guys until they start winning. Oh man, yeah. Well, so a few years ago, so I would I grew up in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and we um, grew up in a Dallas Cowboy household. When and so I understood kind of what that meant. But when I moved to Wisconsin, I understood that there's a lot of people out there that cannot stand the Dallas Cowboys, and. Uh, so little did I know that the Green Bay Packers have had a hatred for the Dallas Cowboys for ages. So all of my friends up here decided that they can't, I'm, I'm not allowed, so I can root for the Cowboys, but they want to ignore the fact I root for the Cowboys. So a couple of them got together and created this criteria for who would be my perfect team. What would be the kind of team that I would root for and that they would allow me to root for and become kind of a fun thing for us to do on NFL Sundays. And this was, this was a few years ago but they decided that I would become a Cleveland Browns fan. And I totally accepted that. I thought, perfect. This is a team that's been a bit downtrodden. They, they had a team leave, then they restarted the franchise. They seemingly haven't found their way yet, but I feel like if they can finally do something and just get the right people in place, there may be something special here because people, it seems like the fan base in Cleveland loves them no matter what or despises them. So being also from Oklahoma, then as the years have gone on now, and my love for the Browns has continued to grow, I was absolutely excited that they got Baker Mayfield. And I just took my son to his first Sooner game, and there were still, I saw more Cleveland Brown jerseys. Besides Oklahoma, there were tons of number six Cleveland Browns jerseys walking around the field in Norman. And he's revered there still because of his Heisman and everything he did for Oklahoma. But I just don't know. I don't know what's going on there this year. And, it, and I feel I feel the pain. Yeah, look, I, I love Baker Mayfield. Um, I love the Browns. Um, I, I grew up in the South. I rooted for the Cowboys. I was raised, you know, I was born in 1970. So I was a Cowboys fan in their heyday when Roger Staubach was a quarterback uh-huh. and, and Aikman, you know, and all those guys coming up, Danny White. And uh, – and because of that, uh, you know, it was in their heyday. It was when their big rival then was the Steelers. And so yep. when I moved to Cleveland and everybody hated the Steelers, it was natural for me. You know, <laughs> it's like, well, I hate the Steelers. You guys hate the Steelers. I must like the Browns. And so I just started following the Browns, you know, and they just can't get it together. They just cannot figure it out. It's, 
it, you know, in my mind, it's ownership, but, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see. They've got some talent. They can add a few pieces. They might be okay, but I'm not spending any more money. Not for, not right now anyway. No, but they're going to tease us in the off season. They're going to say, Hey, we're, we're getting it together. Maybe Freddie kitchens will be gone and some hot shot will come in and then everyone will think the the Browns are going to be the team that rises up out of the ashes and just not sure we're going to have that conversation at this time next year. Uh, look, here's the way I view it. Every penny I don't spend on the Browns, I can spend on new CrossFit shoes. That's a good way to look at it. Yep. Exactly. That's a good way to look at it. Well, John, any parting thoughts here that you want to share? I want to wrap it up and want to say thank you so much for coming on. I, I, um, I love, again, like I said, I love what you're doing. I think you brought that humor and, and levity into a field that was asking for it. And, and that's been helpful, I think, in a lot of ways, as, as we've talked about throughout this whole podcast, about all the different attributes of just laughing at ourselves can bring and help us get through these days. Well, no, I appreciate that. I, um, you know, I, every day is like a gift for me. Like I, I, every day I get to get up and do this and create content and, and, you know, I get, I swear to God, I get three to 400 DMS a day and, <laughs> you know, just talk, talk to people all over the planet. And, and it's just, it's really just a special gift to the little community that I get to interact with. And I'm just happy to bring some joy to people. So, you know, hopefully we can keep it going. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you for being on the highway to well and, and um, we'll keep an eye out and, and hope to get you on sometime here again in the future. Sounds great. All right. Thank you. Thanks.